That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on a kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. How is this a personnel issue? Ish? I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and it again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his part. You can't, you can't, it, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson, fresh off of a 65-7 to loss to Georgia. Oh my God, that's a way to end the season, huh? Um, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Podcast, though. Hey, they. When's the last time a Texas team was in the championship? Texas in 09? Yeah, Texas in 09. Um, you know, obviously Baylor and TCU probably wish they had an earlier chance, chance at that, yeah. but um, yeah, that it's still a, the first Texas team to make the playoff. Um, you know, and that's that's nothing to, nothing to sneeze at, but. It's probably the worst case scenario in terms of result. Yeah, it's hard to. It's not hard, but like, it's a. It was a great season, and then you yeah. just have the sixty-five to seven at the end. You're just like, it's just like, don't even include it. Honestly, in my opinion, just put L and move on. Right, right. right. Don't even, don't even include it. Runner up, like runner in up. FIFA, like, you can just forfeit the match in like three 0 It's like, yeah, you exactly. just lost. you just lost three 0 It's no big deal. It just goes down as an L. Exactly. So. Um, but yeah, that's there's the that's the football um, update on the basketball <laughs> side. Things are picking up um, yeah. as we've talked about on the prior two podcasts. We did uh, Big Twelve stuff here. We want to talk a little bit about the WAC, um, dive into that, and then we are we do have a little bit of um, Big Twelve type stuff just because you know the Big Twelve is always so crazy. But um, let's start with the WAC right. because I watched two games this weekend. I watched um, Sam Houston State lose to Grand Canyon in overtime, mm -hmm. and I watched SFA beat Grand Canyon. Um, both of those teams, you know, we perceive to be two of the top teams in the WAC as far as Sam Houston and SFA goes. Um, they're both pretty high in Kim Palm. Let me see if Kim Palm still has SA Sam pretty high. Yeah, they still have Sam Houston 80, 81 in Kim Palm. That mm. is incredibly high so Kimpom loves Sam um Sam is now two and two in conference with losses to Utah Valley who's 4-0 and Grand Canyon who's three and one so two really good teams there but I don't know if I should if we want to start with SFA or Sam Houston because SFA is 4-0 right now and yeah. they I, look I like contenders let's, let's start with Sam because I'm kind of interested in what your thoughts are after those games because for me at least um it looks like their defense has taken a really big step off, drop off. Mm -hmm. um, I believe the numbers even say that. Let me see. Yeah, see, so even in conference play, they are last right now in two-point percentage given up and block. They're not getting blocks, basically. Um, and they're 11th in effective field goal percentage allowed. And so the defense has definitely been the thing that I've noticed that's kind of fallen off because – 
when you look back at the Texas State game, the UL Monroe game, the even the game uh, Utah when they beat Utah, they were giving what was that 55, 53, 62, right? They were giving up without they weren't giving up more than 70, more than 65. And now Utah Valley 80, uh, New Mexico State, of course, 62, they won that game, but you know, they lose in overtime 70, you know, giving up 72 to Grand Canyon. And it's just kind of like I don't know. I mean, we knew the whack is is the whack is tough, and it was gonna you know things were gonna get tougher for this team because they started so hot. I think it was kind of I don't want to say impossible, but like you know, they were, this team was gonna come back to a leveling point at one at yeah. one point. Um, but regardless, I don't think I expected the defense to kind of be this shaky. Oh yeah, you didn't mention it. sixty-eight points to Tarleton, and we don't yeah, think geez, that's super yeah. highly of Tar- Tarleton State um, in that oh. win. Uh, 75 to 68 at home against the Tarleton State team that um, has kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit. Tarleton is now mm-hmm. um, no, they're two. Oh, yeah, they're two and two because they played UT Arlington, mm-hmm. um, and UT Arlington is 0 and four in conference. I want to talk a little bit about that, but yeah. still, um, yeah, Sam's defense was kind of concerning in the Grand Canyon game. It felt like they couldn't get stops late when they needed to, which is kind of what we've kind of based our love for Sam around last mm-hmm. year. It was like they played good defense and they had Savion flag and just a couple guys that could make plays. I mean, last year they were 221st in offense. This sure. year they're 150th at least, which is passable. Um, and they're 42nd in defense. The whole thing with them now, and you kind of mentioned it uh, with the two point percentage defense falling off a bit is they're still first in forcing turnovers. They force mm-hmm. turnovers on 25% of opponents possessions. Like that is, an insane number. And then I watched the game and you're just like, how is this possible? Cause they're not like a pressing team. They're not doing anything crazy. Right. And I don't know what, what it is, but grand Canyon just was started throwing the ball away. And I was like, what, what mm. is like, why are you doing this? It doesn't feel like it's, it's necessary to try to force the issue, but they do a really good job def- uh, defensively as far as making teams uncomfortable. The problem is with, as teams continue to, as you continue to play better teams like Utah Valley and Grand Canyon, they start to figure it out to a degree. And yeah. once they figure it out, and once they get start getting clean looks, you selling out for some turnovers here and there might result in in buckets. And so yeah. that's my concern. And we've mentioned it before: the WAC does not like it's not easy at all. Now I do think they have a pretty the easiest stretch coming up here with Southern Utah, Utah Tech. Uh, then they have SFA, which will be a big game, and then RGV. So, you know, three out of those four games I think are, are pretty winnable. But you still have Seattle. You still have – I think Abilene Christian will be all right still. Um, and you, I think I'm, they have Utah Valley. Oh, they don't play Utah Valley again at least, so that's good. But, yeah, Sam – we talk about Tarleton State being an intriguing team. Sam is is not far off as far as making games kind of ugly. Yeah. And the one thing I'm I've kind of noticed too is that it's been a lot of it's at least consistently it's been a lot of Quay Grant and like kind of wondering at the beginning of the year is Quay Grant kind of leading the charge. Now it kind of feels like it's a lot of just Quay Grant getting everything, right? Um I want to say I'm trying to think of one of the players that's kind of fall Jaden Ray is somebody who's not scoring at the same clip as he was earlier in the year and it was it was a kind of he started off pretty pretty well and so um he's kind of i'm trying to think he has yeah he didn't score against tarleton he had five points against let me see 
He had five, five points against Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon, yeah, and then seven points against New Mexico and 13 against Utah Valley. So he's been kind of been up and down a little bit. Um, I also and, know they're not a very big team, mm-hmm. right? So, like, that's that's part of it. The whack is there's some size in the whack. And so, like, on the off night, they're just going to probably be over overmatched in, inside and, and not be able to, you know, match with some of those guys. So maybe that's explained some of the, the kind of issues um, with some of the defense, especially inside. But, yeah, yeah I, I think a lot of it seems to be Dante Powers and especially Quay Grant now just kind of putting up buckets and then seeing what, you know, hoping that somebody else on the team can kind of have their night. Because yeah. they are a good team. Like, they are a well-rounded team in terms of scoring, but it doesn't seem like yet, as far as, far as conference play goes, you haven't had that one game where you have – maybe four guys in double figures, exactly. five guys in double figures. It seems like Quay Grant puts up 26 and then uh, Dante Powers puts up 15. And then like the next guy's like eight, seven, but you know, so um, I wonder if it's just a rhythm thing. You know, like I said, they, they started off so hot that maybe that was just not a pace they could maintain. Um, and there may be more of, there may be, there may be more of the third. I still think they're one of the best four teams in the, in the WAC, but maybe they're, they finish around third or second um, as opposed to being the front runner like we maybe thought they were. Yeah, I mean, the Grand Canyon game was a perfect example of what you're talking about. I just I was watching the game, and I saw Ray and May and Powers mm-hmm. on the court, and I was like, okay, are one of these guys going to do something? And then when they did do something, it felt like a complete outlier of like right. the way the game had been going uh, because it had just been Quay Grant, and uh, I think it's Hefner was, was the name of the other. Uh, yeah, Hef- Cameron Hefner had, had some moments as well. Uh, as a wing, so I'm trying to think is 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 Tristan Ipe their tallest player at like six six? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, they do have uh, I can't say his name. K- Koc Azegu. Okay. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Other than that, yes, six seven. Okay. Much. Just yeah, they're they are a small team. <laughs> um. Let's see. Where do they rank? Yeah, they're three hundred forty fourth in average height. Okay. So there you go. You you are correct in, in your assumption. Mm. Um, that is something that Abilene Christian used to be like the shortest team in the country. Right. Every year. Let's see where they rank nowadays. 359th. Abilene yeah, Christian. Still, Brett Tanner still uh, still keeping tradition alive. Tradition is alive. That's what <laughs> that's what drove Joe Golding out. He was just tired <laughs> of being at the bottom of Ken Palm in height. Like please, I just want a six ten player. Damn it! Please give me two six ten guys, and I I promise you I'll win. Um, all right, what else in the whack here? Uh, that was the main thing is SFA. I think or Sam, the Sam Houston experiences mm-hmm. is an interesting one. I want to track. SFA is four and zero now, and beat Grand Canyon, which. I mean, I watched North Texas struggle a little bit with Grand Canyon. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, I watched Grand Canyon beat Sam Houston. So this is a very good Grand Canyon team. SFA is now 4-0. Utah Valley's 4-0. Seattle's 3-0. Southern Utah's 3-1. So that's kind of your top tier. Grand Canyon's 2-1 now. I assume they'll be near the top. This is going to be – it's going to be tough because you mentioned Sam as a top four team. I kind of agree, but I don't know how good Seattle is. I have not done my research on Seattle like sure. or Southern Utah. Like these are teams that I don't know. Kim Palm agrees with you though. Kim Palm has them tied for first still, thirteen and five. Yeah, I think like Sam Houston. Yeah, yeah, I think that they SFA is kind of a team that is kind of hitting its stride in terms of like being well rounded. 
Um, I mean, they have one, two, three guys averaging double figures, four Kajus uh, just outside of that at 9.8 points a game. Yeah. Um, and it's, I believe they have the most efficient offense right now in the conference. Yeah, they rank number one. Well, they and, won the game against Grand Canyon with uh, Latrell Giselle only putting up four points. Yeah. And that was surprising because I kept waiting on Latrell Giselle to get going, and then it just never happened, and they still found a way to win. Sure. And so, I mean, th- this is a team that's just kind of clicking right now. They don't they don't turn the ball over. Right. They're just like a kind of a fluid machine, I believe. Yeah. sees first in turnover percentage on offense um, at just 13.9. And the one I mean, the one quote unquote hiccup is, you know, they struggled a little bit with UTA. But, you know, that's fine. They're, you're not going to be on your night every night. Um, regardless, you have I, I this team is looking like a team that could contend and we kind of the SFA teams of old where, you know, you kind of expect them to be in that conference title race. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're shooting the ball. They don't shoot a ton of threes, but they're shooting it from three. Well, when they do. Um, And I think that they're going to, I don't know. That's something to keep, that's something to, to keep an eye on. Cause I want to say Ken Palm has them what's second right now behind Utah Valley. Yeah. Second right now behind Utah Valley. Um. So, I mean, yeah, that, like you said, Grand Canyon's a huge win. New Mexico State's always going to be a good win. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really surprised. I'm, I'm not really surprised. I'm, I guess I'm surprised how well they've looked because they – let me see. Yeah, they're 122nd in uh, offensive uh, field goal percentage uh, outside of conference. And yeah. so hitting the stride in conference, I mean, you couldn't – have spelled a better time to be playing this way. Uh, their schedule wasn't the hardest thing in the world, but I think it gave them enough variance to measure themselves. Um, of course, they lost to Alcorn, which is kind of disappointing, but Middle Tennessee is good. Uh, Furman's respectable, right? And so, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I, I think this is a team to watch out for because I think they might be hitting their stride at the right time. Um, Ken Palm's still a little wavering on them. It's has them mm-hmm. roughly going 500 the rest of the way. I think that's more of the whack, but yeah, um, I don't know. I, I I think I'm encouraged by what I've seen. It does help New Mexico State's down. Sure, sure. New Mexico State was a top 80 team still. Then right. you add that to Sam Houston and um, Grand Canyon and so on and all these teams. You're like, okay, this is a really, really tough conference. Um, yeah. I will say we got to have an award for best nickname. <laughs> and uh, my submission here is – Sedadrian Hall is okay. a day day hall. Oh, that's like, yeah, on, I like that. on the broadcast. It's literally when they pop, showed his face, it said day day hall. And I saw a Sedadrian and I was like, I love it. Day day awesome. hall. And he had a great game too. Obviously, I'm biased because I watched the Grand Canyon game. Yeah. But he had um a great game. He put up eleven points on five of seven shooting. He had some key offensive boards, like he was kind of everywhere. So shout out Day Day okay. Hall. And then nice. they have Nana. Antwi Basaku, and they just call them Nana on the broadcast. So that's not a nickname, but some good names over here. Nice. All right. Um, wrap up, wrapping up the whack. Um, so you want to talk about UTA? Yeah, I want to talk about UTA. I want to. I want to talk about UTA. Um, Abilene Christian. I don't really know what to do with here. Their non-conference was just atrocious. Yeah, that's that's nasty. Literally. Look at their wins in non-con. Well, even just their losses. They lost some games to teams outside the top 200. But like, I was about to say that's na- that's nasty work. They got drilled by AM. They got drilled by Kansas State. You know, sure, fine. They're probably really good. Yeah. Um, but 
their wins aren't against anybody impressive, except maybe Jackson State. But still, I mean, it's swat curve, <laughs> you know. Um, swat curve. It's got it's great on the swat. Look curve. how Especially... many D two teams or non D one teams they play. One, two, three, yeah. four. You play four non Division one teams. Yeah, it's not great in non conference. That is the that worst is part. Is fight. the worst part is that field that effective field goal percentage. 320th in the country. Oh, on defense? Yeah. yeah. Like, what, like, this is what you're supposed to to do, right? This is what yeah. Brett, this is what Brett Tanner was supposed to hold on to. And 57% from two. Yeah. They're allowing right now. Like, and again, here's the thing. Even when you play Kansas States and AMs, right? Teams that might be the same thing. Even when you play those teams. That should be an ugly game then, right? That should be like, okay, you maybe score 55, but they score 62, right? Or like you score – because I was a part of those early Texas State days under Danny Casper where literally they would say, yeah, we might score 45, but they're scoring 59, right? Like like it's it's very – We're not getting blown out here. Yeah, we're not getting blown out The A&M game, I was looking at the A&M game where it's 77 points. Right. We we, we know A&M is is not the the most potent offense here. Like K-State, sure, if you want to give them that, even though I think this is currently a different K-State team than we saw in non-conference. Oh, 100%. 100%. I saw that team almost lose to LSU, and I'm like – right. Whatever, but that A and M game for me, and then SFA put up seventy five on them. It's like so. I don't know if I don't know if this is Brett Tanner kind of putting his own offensive philosophy right there. Maybe they were in a transition right of like going from that style to more his style. Maybe he's more naturally somebody who doesn't lean that way. Maybe, um, but I thought that that's why you hired him is to kind of maintain that style going forward. Yeah, Kansas State had sixty eight percent from two. <laughs> that is dumb. That yeah. means a lot of la- – one, respect to drone team. I don't think that they're nailing mid-rangers over here. That means they're just getting in the paint, right? <laughs> That's basically yes. what it means. So, yeah, I, I'm i very concerned. And when you, yeah. when, you look at non, when you look at conference play, they're 10th in both offense and defense uh, effective field goal percentage. So, uh, Yeah, and they, they, just, they don't have the talent. Like if you are making a shift, you have to get mm-hmm. players that are offensive-minded sure. and capable. Like, and you don't really have that. Right. Um, anyway, we got on a sidetrack. You wanted to talk UTA. UT Arlington. What what has happened oh, to our man. beloved Mavericks of yeah. UT Arlington, man? Just it's it's gotten worse. It's like somehow they, gotten worse. Like literally, it's gotten worse. And we thought 2021, 2022, you know, those years were pretty bad, right? Um, they they went 13 and 13 in 2021. They went 11 and 18 last year. We're like, okay. They they do lose um, some talent here. Let me look up. Mm-hmm. They do lose some players, but I liked Kieran Gibson. And he's been their best player, so it's like, all right, Kieran Gibson, cool. Um, they brought in transfers here and there. I thought Aaron Cash would be good. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about him all season, and we probably shouldn't even be talking about him now because they're awful. Yeah, they're bad. I mean – Kendall Weaver's really good for them. Uh, he's a true freshman from, from Mansfield. Uh, Tim Review, he was he, – I, be, I, be, I believe he might be – is he Kennedy Carter's brother, relative of some kind? I don't know. Siblings, yes. Kennedy Carter, yes. Uh, that confirmed that. Got it. Um, so, yeah, 
incredible genes, what I'm saying. <laughs> but regardless, he he's averaging like 10 He's averaging like, let me say, he's playing almost 30 minutes a game. I don't know how much he's averaging. Almost 10 points, 8.4 points yeah. a game, right, as a true freshman. There's nothing else around those guys, and they can't like – I, this is this was supposed to, for the longest time, UTA and SFA were like the standard of group of five basketball in the state, right? SFA, sure, it's hard to maintain the the standard that they set where they're making the NCAA tournament and upsetting, yeah. was it VCU that one year or whatever? But they're still respectable and they're still a conference contender. UTA, I get it. The Chris Ogden thing, you know, was awkward and you had to make a hire and, you know, he left and it's – it's a kind of embarrassing to get left for a non uh, uh, assistant coaching gig, right? He went to become the general manager, whatever he did at, at, yeah. at Texas. Um, but the Greg Young hire is just not working out, man. I I get it. He was he's a longtime assistant. You kind of wanted to do your due diligence. You kind of you, you didn't want to get spurned again by somebody probably looking for a quick promotion, like Ogden maybe seemed to do. But this is not working out. It it is just not. Um, I don't see another way this ends other than him, him getting him getting the axe. Because what's the optimism, right? Kendall we- again, Kendall Weaver's a, a in in area guy, right? He's from Mansfield, so it's not like he probably had to recruit pretty hard to keep him home. He probably was coming anyway. Who knows? Um, but at this rate, he might also look elsewhere too. Um, yeah, might also leave it. Come down to North Texas. There you go. <laughs> I mean, he's, I'm, I'm telling you, he's an exciting player, dude. This uh, I remember the first time I saw him in person was at the state semifinal, and the first play Mansfield Timberview ran was a backdoor lob to this kid, and it was like it was just like, all right, yeah. we got our first set, boom. And then Bernie, I think it was Bernie Champion. They just saw. They're like, oh, this. This kid's built. This kid's different. Like, we haven't seen anybody throw a lob like <laughs> at all. This kid's six three, catching a one handed lob, and they're like, "Oh no, we're not used to playing this." So, yeah. what I'm saying is, they have talent, right? That's my thing. Is they have players who can play. They just, I don't know, man. This is it's it's been getting worse every single year. They literally, I don't know how they beat San Francisco, but they did. So, like, tip the cap to you. Yeah, but like, sure. that's their it's their only win. Of the season, like they have three non-division one wins, then God. they beat North Kentucky, Northern Kentucky, and San Francisco. Yeah, it's their only wins. And the the thing is, as much as I want to be like, well, they played a semi decent, you know, they semi tough schedule in the mm-hmm. non conference. I'll give them that. You know, Oklahoma State, Nevada, LSU, North Texas. It's like. I want to give you credit for that, but at the same time, you're now going into conference. And the conference schedule is pretty much what you faced in non-conference, and you just haven't been able to overcome that. Like, you're not a top 200 team right now. Mm-hmm. Palm has them 279th, and it's not going to get any easier. You have Grand Canyon, New Mexico State as your next two games. Lost, lost. Then you better beat UTRGV at home. If Yes, you have to. And then you got Abilene Christian, Cal Baptist, Tarleton, Sam, then RGV again. Got to win that game. It's like those are – they're the two worst teams in the conference by far, RGV and, and uh, UTA. And mm-hmm. RGV, like at least we – I don't think – correct me if I'm wrong. We've never had something to really hold on to with RGV. Like it's kind of – they are what they are. It's like, okay, they're down there, whatever. This team oh, – Yeah, they're, 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 they're programming, you know, the Lou Hill 
thing kind of threw a wrench and everything with yes, the whole yes, yes, way. Yes, but yes. regardless, I get what you mean, right? They're they're definitely rebuilding from the bottom up. Yes, youth Arlington, man. Yeah. Have, um, if nothing else, if nothing else, their their bass their gym should <laughs> should get them to a five hundred team. At the oh, they, the convocation center is fantastic. They have one that's of the my, nicest. That's one of the, not convocation, convocation, college park center. Jesus college Christ. Park center, I took the joke a little bit too far with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calm, calm down. Anyway, calm college down. park center is fantastic. It's one of my favorite Dude, uh, arenas amazing. in the state. Because oh, I, I saw I saw a wings I saw a wings game there. I've seen playoff games there. I saw I think before the pandemic, but the last game I saw before the pandemic hit was Texas State at UTA, and it was rocking. It's awesome. Yep. There's no reason like. Zero reason for them to be this bad. They, but the that's one, enough. The one stat that really <laughs> concerned yeah, me: they're two eighty second in assist percentage, right? At the very least, right? Share the ball. <laughs> not even passing it. Pass, <laughs> right? I say that you know we talked about UTRGV, somebody rebuilding, right? They are one seventy sixth, right? They yeah. notice, okay. Here's how we beat teams. We share the ball. We move it. We make sure we get good looks, set up things. Okay, cool. 176. And we just talked about them being from the bottom, trying to rebuild something. Like, if you're not even sharing the ball, I do. I, I think it's funny. Uh, Texas State's actually 360. 360. Because <laughs> it's literally just Mason Harrell who passes. It's just Mason else. Harrell. It's just everybody else just in the corner just clapping. Clearo. Hey, yo, hey, yo. Um, but regardless, like, you get what I'm saying, right? Like, at least move the ball. It feels it. Oftentimes, yeah. I've watched this team under Greg Young, and it feels like guys just trying to make a shot. And again, I don't want to put that on Greg Young because this. Let's let's put it. Let's be honest. Under Ogden, it wasn't looking great either. Under Ogden, they were kind of fine. They weren't yeah. what you know. Obviously, it goes back to the Scott Cross thing, and we can get into that. But like, you know, it looked like it was taking a somewhat of a downturn, and I think that. I wonder if that was a reason Ogden left. He was like, actually, this isn't something that I could probably – this isn't getting better, let's put it that way. And he probably sought the opportunity and was like, all right, I'm out. I hope uh, I hope Kevin Harvey's doing good. I miss him. Where is that? Let's see. Kevin, let's see. What, what is he up to? He's got to be playing uh, overseas. I, I Googled the same thing. Uh, He's got to be playing overseas He's recently played in the Italian league. Okay. That's a stud. That was a stud right there. Shout out Kevin Harvey, man. Yeah. That dude. North Texas should have beat them that year. I think it was 2017. Um, he should have, he should have been playing in the NCAA tournament. He should have been a player we came back and said, remember when Kevin Harvey dropped 27 against, you know, whatever. He never got he never got his chance. What a shame. And now now look at UTA. All right. There's the whack. There's yep. your whack rundown on the men's side. Uh, real quick. Texas A&M. 2-0 in conference. I watched them beat LSU uh, pretty handily at that. Yeah. Um, they got Missouri coming up next. 33rd in Kempom. They're hanging around. Who? You said it. Oh, wait, no. Sorry, that was last year. Whoops. I'm oh, 70th. Scare oh, my like God. That. I was I like, they know. only beat LSU. I was like, I didn't think that was that big of a win. I almost had to go back and delete that rant we had that a couple of episodes, episodes ago. Uh, no, sorry. 70 of the game, Yeah, we have to go back and delete the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, have, they have Missouri to. coming up tomorrow. We're recording That's on crazy. Tuesday. They got a huge game against Missouri. If they beat Missouri, 
Look, I I put I I like you with rice. I I put the shovel in, right? I was patting down the dirt. If they beat Missouri, I gotta start. Dig- I might gotta start my exhumation process here because I gotta I might gotta pull that corpse up because uh, four in a row. Of course, Northwestern State, Prairie View, whatever. But four in a row is four in a row. Florida, well, don't even. I mean, too, they got so. South Carolina after Missouri, so you can just throw in a fourth win right there. If they beat Missouri, that's four and zero in conference. And then they have. They actually, I was about to say, I'm looking at their stretch of games right now. Like they might Florida. have the easiest conference schedule. Like LSU, and I don't, you know, don't want to talk LSU here, but LSU has the toughest, has had the toughest conference schedule every year. If you look yeah. at them, they play. Um, so the three worst teams in conference are South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Georgia. Right. Mm-hmm. LSU only plays those three teams once each. Okay. They play a lot of other teams twice, Arkansas, so on and so forth. Um, now, AM only plays South Carolina once, and they only play um, like they only play those teams once as well. The difference is their schedule is like they play Tennessee once, they play Bama once. Like, who are they playing twice? Mm-hmm. They only play Arkansas once. So they play Missouri twice. I'm trying to find this. They play Ole Miss twice, Auburn twice. Like it's they play LSU twice, which is is not tough. I mean, I feel like this is a very very workable schedule here for A and M. Yeah, I mean they play I mean, Florida they twice got, as cause, well. Because they, I'm trying to think. So like I'm looking at. Let's just get through January. They do play right? Arkansas twice. Arkansas is the beginning of the month, right? But let's look at before that. Kentucky's not good right now. No, like Kentucky is they LSU are they done. have pitchforks out for John Calipari. <laughs> yes. Um, it is not looking I have a friend who's a who's a you know Kentucky grad, longtime Kentucky fan, and he's like it's gotten to the point watching Kentucky where they're like it's the same offense that they ran since the national title 2012 team, right? Like it's it's that same dribble drive, uh, yeah. handoff, no creativity, things like that. And so there is very much a vulnerable Kentucky team. So other than other than Arkansas at the end of the month. Auburn's the team you probably again. I'm getting past Missouri. Auburn's the team you got to worry about, right? Probably that's probably it right now. That's go, yeah. That's go through a, that schedule. It's a very favorable schedule. Yeah, like like up until Arkansas, what could their record be? Missouri, South Carolina, Florida, Kentucky, Auburn, Vanderbilt as your next six games, and they're already two and zero. Dude, they could not... go four and two in that stretch and be six and two in conference. And you know what? I'll be saying I'll still be saying I don't think this team's very good. <laughs> That's the wild thing is like they can go through and they could have let's say they lose to Missouri, right? I'll give okay. them I'll I'll give them L's to Missouri, Auburn, and Arkansas this month, right? Okay. Let's say they beat Auburn at home in February. So one, two, three losses. That would put them at six and three. Like six and three in conference-ish. Uh, and with with Georgia coming up at, right after that. So seven and three probably. Man. Seven and three, and you still have LSU on the schedule. You still have Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Bruh. Missouri again. Like those are four winnable games right there. This team's gonna mess around and finish like third in the conference. They're gonna if they finish with ten wins in the conference, bro. This team's gonna. I'm telling you, this team's gonna mess around and finish with ten wins or something like that. That's gonna be nuts because I'm still not gonna have confidence in them to do anything in the tournament. No. I will pick them to lose in the first round of the tournament. I, I was about to say, they on every the first point. round of the tournament, they will lose in the quarterfinal, uh, the probably the quarterfinals of the semi, uh, the SEC championship or something like that, right? Because I don't know how the state championship works, so I don't know what yeah. buys they get or whatever. Yeah. Um, you would know that, but regardless, top four get buys, but yeah, 
Right. Like the minute they run into Tennessee, Arkansas, Auburn, whatever, they'll probably lose. Um, Dude, not, they're going to get – this is – you know what this is? If they go – let's – if they go ten and ten and eight, because I don't think they make the tournament. If they go nine and nine, honestly, like yeah, unless no, barring, a, a, barring a tournament run, uh, SEC tournament run, I think they they're not. They're 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 they, don't, they have no non-conference wins. That's the thing. They, their non-conference is awful. It's awful. Yeah. They legitimately they have to go ten or eleven wins in conference play. I mean, they got their butt kicked by Boise State, Colorado, and they lost to Memphis. They could have maybe saved it by beating Memphis, but they didn't. So yeah, um, they have to win ten or eleven games to make the tournament. And even then, they're going to be one of those playing teams. Like they're going to be playing in Dayton if they make mm. the tournament. Um, yeah, it's obviously projecting a good amount. Sure. Who knows? Maybe they get blown out by Missouri at home. I was about to say that we can just all. forget everything we just said. Like they lose if they lose to Missouri, beat South Carolina, then lose to like Florida or something. Like then we could just write them off again. But like there is a path here for them to be six and two going into the Arkansas game on January thirty first. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Here we are, Buzz. Might have to apologize. Might have to apologize to Buzz. All right. Um, last, Lastly, on the men's side, I want to talk about the Big 12 because why wouldn't we? But I don't want to talk about the positives of the Big 12 uh, because really Texas is 2-1, TCU is 2-1. Baylor and Texas Tech are both 0-3-ish, and uh, I'm that mm-hmm. – um, the Ricky Bobby meme where it's like – or not meme, don't but know where it's – I don't know what to do with my hands. Right. Because I've never been in this position before. Sure. Where Baylor and Texas Tech are both bad. And I don't want to say they're bad because I don't think they're bad. I, I really don't. So bad was yeah. the wrong word. But they're both winless here. And Baylor's lost to Iowa State, TCU, and Kansas State. Yeah. Like that's not the toughest three-game stretch they're going to have in conference. They haven't played Kansas. They haven't played Texas. Like I think TCU is going to be really good. But, man, that is a – Tough stretch, and the, the painful part is, and this is why I think they're going to be okay. Like, I really – it's an 18-game schedule. I really would be – Ken Palm has them at 7-11 right now, projected. Oh, my God. I would be floored if they're under 500. Yeah. Like, I think they're going to end up 9-9 or 10-8. Like, they lost to TCU and Kansas State last second pretty much, like, mm-hmm. at the end of the games. Um, they got West Virginia, Oklahoma State coming up, and Tech. West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Tech, Oklahoma is your next four games. There's a they could go three and one in that stretch. The problem is three of those games are on the road. And um yeah. you've already lost two home games. Where's your panic meter with Baylor? Um man. Um it's it's about it's it's going I'd say about a burnt orange right now. It's it's okay. it's not it's not flashing red, but because like you said, these close games, these are close games they've lost. Um we talked about that crazy defensive play by TCU. Kansas State looks like they've taken a huge leap um, under Jerome Tang. But those are still games that in the past these teams pull out, right? Like those are the, you know, those are teams that they're able to gut either gut out or get the get the bucket or be able to kind of uh, you know kick and kick and scratch their way, even if it wasn't always pretty, especially last year's team. Um, and yeah, they're not. Again, like we talked about, we talked about last year being a setback defensively. This year, I, I got something. I got it. Oh, look what you this. got? Boom. Oh. Look at the technology we got here, ish. Oh my god! Oh my look god! At, that is a that. lot of damn red on that side. That's in conference. Three games in conference. Yeah. All right, for the audio listeners, this is the Ken Palm um, conference only. And uh, long story short, they're last in like seven categories defensively. <laughs> 
literally they're not forcing turnovers they're not getting stops look at this up top uh 15.8 uh offensive or defensive possession length here that basically means and tcu kind of did this a lot their teams are just running on them right like they're, they're, just, like, no getting, they're getting every look they want <laughs> there's no resistance here so it's like oh that's bad and like i didn't realize it was that bad it, it's this bad it's literally literally that bad i just it's it's a bloodbath right now in waco um and so i mean we were worried about like texas defense falling off uh it turns out baylor's defense is the one we should be concerned about yeah they're dropped down to 82nd in the country in defense in ken palm that is bad. That has to be the lowest number in a long time for a Baylor team. Probably. Um, I'm looking at it. 2019 was 75th. Man. 2016 was 84th. So given that. But and like the, yeah. thing, the thing is, like, okay, so the, the counter to that would be that you, you know, okay, you focus more on the offensive end and like they've been doing, right? Yeah. But I think this team is the first team in a while to not have that floor general. Right. Like James Akinjo ran it last year. And that's why that offense was pretty okay. Right. It wasn't the best. It was obviously it was a step down from the year before, but he kind of came in and be, he was able to be that alpha guy right away. Yeah. Um, of course, the year before you've had Jared Butler two years before that and things like that this year. I mean, I, again, Flagler and LJ Cryer are good, but they're not that type of player. And I wonder part of it. I wonder if they're just like too, I won't say too similar to play to each other, play next to each other, but like they're more or less similar players, similar type of players, um, varying degrees of success, but similar type of players, guys who probably are better with a point guard or a true guard next to them. Um, and so the offense isn't as good as you would need it to be to make up for that defense, right? That's the point I'm getting at. They're fine. The offense is good. If you want to look at the full season uh, in conference, the offense is average right yeah when you have a defense that bad you need the offense to be the best offense or one of the best offenses in the conference and they just haven't been so far um as we saw against uh in that last play against tcu right it was keontae george hey get the bucket right and keontae george had to fight off two defenders and you know he got swatted at the rim because he had to kind of find a way to create his own shot so it's not really working on either end so far in conference um and part of me wonders if they just – I don't know, because the fact that the Big 12 is so good, you can't have an off night, right? You can't have a bad start like this because, okay, cool, your off game your, – your, your break game, quote-unquote, is against Texas Tech on the road in Lubbock in, you know, January 17th, right? That's the, quote-unquote, game you're supposed yeah. to get back on track with. And it's like, can you expect that? No. Uh, Texas Tech has lost to TCU, Kansas, Oklahoma, all close games, like six or less points. I mean, Oklahoma's in overtime. Yeah. They have Iowa State, Texas, Baylor next. Um, I just don't think they have the talent this year to match what they want to do. And, uh, I think we've hit on them a few times before, so I don't think we need to go crazy, but yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a long season here. Like, who do you trust more moving forward, Baylor or Tech? Oh, Baylor. Yes, I think um, the, the talent level is just talent, it, right. Right, they have the they have the pieces. They have Keontae George. Flagler is still amazing. Cryer yeah. is still very good. The thing is, it's like I think Texas Tech's culture will lift them up in some games. Like I think they'll be able to steal some. 
Sure, sure. I think so too. Like they um, could beat, they could Tech could beat Baylor on January seventeenth. Oh, 100 percent, in Lubbock. In Lubbock. Yeah, hundred percent. Wouldn't be shocked at all. But I do think Baylor has a higher ceiling. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, I, I think they do too. Um, it's I still watch Texas Tech, and it's still a lot of so many offensive possessions end with hey, Pop Isaac's jack of three. Um, and that's only going to get you so far. He's a stud and he's awesome, but man, that, that cannot be your whole offense. Hey, if I was Pop Isaacs, I would love it. Oh, yeah, I was about to say, he's he's, he's putting stuff on tape, he's he's gonna get, yeah, I love it. <laughs> he's gonna be like, hey, look, I got I got a couple more years in college and it, I can be uh making some money. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like when I go out there and I play pickup with guys that like aren't that good, yeah, and just like I'm just pulling, you're like, this is the best feeling. <laughs> Right, right. It's not chat. Like, yeah, we might lose because our team's not very good. But man, I'm gonna look great. I went three of six from three, man. I I didn't lose this game. Y'all lost. Y'all lost. I I did not lose this game. I was pulling. Um. (laughs) All right, to the women's side. I want to start in the whack again. Um. Not as much to talk about here, but SFA and Sam are both two and one in the whack. Um. SFA lost a close game to Grand Canyon, who's pretty good mm-hmm. as well, but they beat Abilene Christian and Utah Tech. So it's like, I think SFA could do it. The problem mm-hmm. is, man, if you look at the WAC, I was looking at the WAC standings earlier. It's top-heavy. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you can really break into that top here the way that things are looking right now like southern utah 3-0 grand canyon 3-1 again they could have won that game sure but grand canyon is a damn good team new mexico state 3-1 cal baptist 3-1 it's like those four teams right there are all or five teams no four teams sorry like are all there in sfa and sam houston's way and i don't know Mm -hmm. if you break into that yeah i uh it's man this is we talked about um when we when we say that the whack is good, we really mean the women's side is like impossible right now, because <laughs> um, the men's side it's it's decent top to bottom, but like the women's side are like yeah five six teams could probably eventually win this conference, um, yeah. and especially that top portion you mentioned Southern Southern Utah Grand Canyon New Mexico State Cal Baptist right three and one three and one three and one three and L, um, I mean it's such a tough group to punch into. And SFA, the thing about SFA is they haven't even been bad, right? I think the defense has taken a, a bit of a, a step back, but I wonder how much of that was um, kind of – I don't know. I, I think they've been okay. Uh, Utah Tech, they kind of ran off and just kind of ran off the court, and yeah. I don't know how much they cared about defense late in that game um, or whatever, but they have given up 78 and 74 to Grand Canyon and Abilene Christian um despite beating Abilene Christian so yeah I don't know that's that's a little bit of a concern for me but I don't know part of me just feels like it might be a year where the rest of the conference just kind of elevates um and kind of pushes SFA I don't say down but like away from that maybe top two spot to maybe exactly that that's the standard I think we hold them to right is like right top two or three and that's going to be really tough I still think they're a top five team comfortably Right. in this conference yeah they're 12 and th- i mean overall record they're, yeah, they're they have the best record in the conference still yeah like i think they're going to be perfectly fine and they're extremely talented we've talked about sfa a, a lot on this podcast mm-hmm. so i think they're going to be fine the problem is can you be consistent enough 
to get into that top two yeah. range. Like that's going to determine. And then the conference tournaments, ultimately all that's going to matter here, that's going to be a freaking war. Oh my whack. God, I can't even imagine. <laughs> Over there. Um, all right. I want to give a shout out to AM Corpus Christi and AM Commerce for both being 3 0 on the women's side. Um, Commerce, I don't have their schedule in front of me, but me go ahead. One of us pull it up. But they've been, they've had like really, really consistent results this, this year. I feel like they are, uh, continuing to stream and they're not gonna they're not gonna lose like corpus christi and commerce are not gonna lose many games in conference like yeah they no, might be they, they have come out swinging so they they've been a very streaky team right they started off of what oh and six or something like that um they had a tough schedule right uta like commerce? Houston, uh, commerce yeah, yeah yeah um they had a tough schedule to start the season uta houston smu all those teams uh new mexico then they beat idaho and then they had another losing streak but ever since they hit conference they beat they've three and zero over UIW. They crushed Nichols eighty one forty eight, and then they beaten uh, McNeese seventy nine seventy one. Yeah, they're gonna be contenders, man. Like uh, that, which is nuts to to consider. Again, a first year Division one program. Um, there, I think they have the number one, number two field goal percentage offense in the conference right now. Uh, they're getting to the line a ton. They're shooting the free throw really well. Um, points per play, they're first in the conference. And, yeah, I mean, their defense could be a little bit better. They're eighth right now in field goal percentage defense. But they're not turning the ball over. They're first in assists. They're second in forced turnovers per game. I mean, they're, they're playing really well. Deani Robinson, who was, again, D2 All-American, 20 points a game in conference so far. Layla Lawrence, 14 points per uh, per game in conference. Desiree Colonels, 12 points a game in conference. They're man, these guys can play. Yeah, um, I'm just looking at the rest of the, the Southland here. I know, yep. I watched Southeastern compete with LSU earlier. That was, I mean, it was LSU's worst game of the season, but still, mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't care if you sure push LSU around. Uh, Southeastern, I know, is a solid team. Lamar uh, has a few good wins. Uh, they're two and one as well. So yeah, there just are... uh, that, that reminds me. Justin uh, Carter actually wrote one of his last good one of his last pieces last week was really good over kind of the whack yeah, so uh, Southland race. Southland. Um, and Lamar has kind of been one of the programs that has kind of been underrated in terms of expectation and how they've actually done. Um, yeah. He probably puts he probably puts UI. I think he puts UIW and uh, Commerce actually to the side and seems like here's here he thinks commerce is actually in that conversation um actually let me let me see i'm trying to re, i'm trying to think about it he has commerce in another conversation saying that they're kind of a team to watch and then he has houston christian and lamar as his front runners um or um behind corpus he should say corpus, i should yeah. say um and so i would say go check out that piece he does a good in-depth dive of like how many teams could be real contenders from the state in this in this conference yeah, well, it's like it feels like because I, I think Corpus Christi is still is going to be the top team. Like I yeah, think yeah. that's safe. Houston Christian, I expected not to lose to Southeastern, but I think Southeastern's pretty good. You mm-hmm. have like Southeastern, Lamar, Houston Christian, Commerce as those four teams behind mm-hmm. Corpus Christi, and I wouldn't be surprised if any of them go any direction. So yeah. Um. All right, what else we got here? Quick, Conference USA. Uh, Rice is one and three now. They lost to La Tech. Our Rice Owls, our beloved Rice Owls, are one and three. 
and UTEP is, UTEP is three and one, but Rice beat UTEP. Right. Like UTEP's only losses to Rice. Rice's only win is to UTEP. And I I don't I don't know. That's that's the update. I don't know. Yeah, I think they're I think Rice's defense has taken a little bit of a step back. Um part of me, I don't the three point percentage defense has been bad, but uh, I don't know, man. I don't want to feel like this team is that bad at defending a three. They're, they're teams are shooting forty two percent from three against them, <laughs> and so part of me wants to be like, man, you just no. The teams turned into the Warriors against them. Right. Oh my say, gosh! No team well, is. That I want to play them. I want to play Rice. Put me on the court against Rice. I will <laughs> light it up. I was say that no team is that bad against shooting three. So I don't know. I feel like that's got to level off. Because no team shoots, you know, nobody gives up 42% for an entire year. Um, I don't know. I, th- I thought that was incredibly, that was hilarious when I saw that. I was like, that is got to be an outlier. Um, regardless, I mean, I, you know, I feel like once that levels out, hopefully <laughs> things get a little bit better for them. Um, yeah, Louisiana Tech shot 56% from three and Western Kentucky shot 44% on 27 shots. So, yeah. That's kind of been there. Something's not right. Something's not right. (laughs) They sold their soul for the 9 0. (laughs) It just all falls apart. They said, all right, back to reality. Team's going to (laughs) shoot 45% from three on you. (laughs) What? Excuse me? Um, I don't have anything else on on UTEP or or Rice. Uh, I don't have a bunch of conference USA takeaways. No, no, obviously, we hope that levels out um, to where they'll be fine. But yeah, that's been a rough start. Yeah. Um, UTSA continues to fight, but we'll see if they can pick it up. I, I believe more in UTSA than they do in North Texas, that's for sure. Okay. Um, last but certainly not least, Baylor women's basketball. We thought it was done. Well, we talked about free Dre, free Dre, free Dre, whatever it is on the, yes. on the last podcast. You know, free her. Um, even though I don't know we continue to read things and it's like both sides have their own are like steadfast in their opinions of I was like, about to say Kentucky's very fault. Kentucky very much has like a bunch of receipts that are like nope we told you this and it's yeah, like, like I, I don't know what to believe anymore. Like we told you you're not gonna be able to play and she's like <laughs> right. she's like just sign the waiver so I can play and they're like we told you you can't play and it's like, right. And so it's basically just like here we go like back and forth. Like, right, so. Something yeah I think Nikki Collins said that Drianna Edwards absolutely deserves to play like in the press conference like in the media availability the other day so it's just like all right it, it, yeah i don't know <laughs> i mean kentucky's awful so it is what it is they're on four now yeah. in conference uh but baylor even without Dran edwards and even without asia blackwell is three and in conference has beaten a ranked well they beat Holland. tcu to start off whatever but they beat a ranked Oklahoma team on the road, eighty-one to seventy. Then they beat a ranked Kansas team on the road, seventy-five to sixty-two. And I have one question. One question: Is Sarah Andrews the Player of the Year in the conference? Ooh. And I think the answer is at three games in, three small sample size. I'm yeah, not yeah, gonna yeah. Overreact. She had thirty points against Oklahoma on on efficient shooting. She had 27 mm. against Kansas on uh no Kansas game. She was 10 to 16 from the field against Oklahoma. She was uh eight of 20, which still isn't mm-hmm. bad. That's 40%. Right. Like we're putting, we're consistently, I don't even have the TCU game up. How many put she put out dropping t- against TCU? Let me see. I got it right here. 14 enough. 
That's enough. 14, 27, and 30, okay, in her, yeah. in her three conference games. If she continues at this rate of just dropping 20-plus points, and if Baylor continues to win, like if Baylor wins the conference, Sarah Andrews is going to win player of the year. Yeah, I mean, geez, that's a good point. I, I think, I mean, Ashley Jones at Iowa State still – one of the you know still up there as well in terms of production um yeah that, that's a decent player it's a decent player yeah. I, I don't care um, okay i don't care I just, no no i, 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 no, I agree like, I, I think it's a three-person race right now i think it's ashley jones uh gabby gregory at kansas state and then sarah andrews like play, uh, plain and simple um how iowa state does without suarez I, and i saw that that news dropped the other day uh that suarez i think is out for the year that's one of their huge transfers so whether that inflates Ashley Jones's numbers and you know she has to kind of put up bigger numbers right now I don't know but I think I want to say Sarah Andrews is like third or second in, in scoring right now average wise in the conference um Ashley Jones is at 22 and a half points per game okay so and again like Sarah Andrews hasn't if she continues this stretch right sure maybe right and that's including I should also mention that's including the beginning of the year right where Sarah Andrews wasn't scoring as much. That's not including conference play, just conference play, which I know that'll definitely inflate um, Sarah Andrews' production. Regardless, um, actually, hold on, let me look at that right now. I can do that. one divided by three. Quick math. 23.7. Oh, they just had a button I could press to. Um, <laughs> 23.7 points. I thought they just did the math. I was like, damn, he's smart. <laughs> she's uh, i'm not that smart uh she's second in the conference right now just in conference scoring 23.7 points a game ahead of ashley jones uh, and just behind anna lanusa from oklahoma so yeah if she continues this pace absolutely right like she's absolutely in the conversation for a conference player that year um so yeah i would say it's probably a three-person race gabby gregory hasn't been scoring as well in conference as she did out at a conference so that's probably a hit for her. I don't know if she's played actually. Let me double check if she might be nursing an injury. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, if Baylor, even if Baylor doesn't win the conference, like if they make a, you know, semifinal, if they make the championship game, like, yeah, she's she's got to be there because her surge in production's been nuts. Yeah, I just we we never saw this coming. Nobody saw this coming oh. of Baylor being three and zero in conference and um, twelve and three overall, like. When, when we knew Blackwell was going to be out and then Drianna Edwards, we figured would be out for a while. It was like, all right, you got Caitlin Bickle, Asbury, Andrews, Little Page Bugs, like right. good players. Jay Nolan, like these are fine players. Yeah. But the ceiling was just not high enough, we thought. What do I know? I mean, <laughs> right. literally, what do we know? <laughs> like they, they just, they're winning games. And this is Nikki Collins. Hey, Nikki Collins going to be coach of the year. If they end up like if they Damn, end up like, you're not you're not wrong. Like that's how many games that's another there? conversation. There are 18 games in this conference season, I assume. Like yeah. they if they end up going 14 to 4 or 13 and 5, even Man. I'm I'm voting for her. I don't have a that's ballot, a, but that's a good point. That is a I good will point. Publicly campaign for her. So <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Baylor. Good uh good start to the year. We'll see if they can keep it rolling. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? I think we hit on everything. Yeah, I think we got everything, man. We give you the whack the whack preview. We finally got around to it. <laughs> we got around to the whack. No arrests, no 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 firings, nothing going right. crazy anymore. Uh and the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve is like that. 
I don't know how to describe it because there's a lot of different analogies you could use of like that annoying brother, you know, the little, little brother that keeps getting like all the attention and stuff like that. But that gnat you think you swatted. Exactly. Like, it just comes back. He's like, oh, damn it. I thought I got you. You know, like, exactly. there, a lot of analogies. They just keep coming back. But shout out to Big 12. A lot of big games coming up this weekend. We've talked about them. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, nothing new on the Conference USA men's side. North Texas 4-1 and one now. Um, held Middle Tennessee to 14 points in the second half. Like, like, I don't know. Teams just don't breathe against North Texas. It's kind of crazy. But <laughs> they keep winning, so whatever. Whatever works. Uh, they haven't figured out the offense at all, for those wondering. North Texas still cannot score the ball, but they, they yeah, stopped. Well, it is what it is. Just keep winning. Just keep winning games. Um, all right. That's all we got for you all today. We hope you all enjoyed the episode. Leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. You get the features like what we did on this podcast. I brought up the Ken Palm stats for you so you can see it. Um, follow us on Twitter at Ishmael R. Johnson and at Matthew Bruni underscore and at DCT Basketball. We tweet out all the podcasts and interact with us there. We appreciate it. And, yeah, we'll be back on Friday. So we'll talk to you all then.